Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders and business owners with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. As a consultancy, we're here to help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver and thrive. If you would like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, Today I have uh, Susan McKee, all the way from Australia. Welcome, Susan. Hi, Julian. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's good to see you uh, again. And uh, I'm just going to introduce you to to the audience. Uh, So you're the the CEO of Dental Health Services all the way in Melbourne, Australia, a long way for me. Um, You're a registered nurse with over 35 years of experience in the health sector and have worked across the health sector within a range of organisations, including the public, not-for-profits, privately owned and the sort of charitable sector. And I like this, you have this uh, mission to ensure that quality healthcare is more accessible, safe, compassionate and tailored to individual needs. And that's a, a great mission. And uh, you're in one of the areas of uh, so sectors in the world that's been quite a bit of a focus for the last 18 months and um, probably quite quite tough to work in that environment as well. But before we get into that, I just want to know uh, what you love about what you do Susan I think it's the um, you know having a, an organization that has purpose so healthcare's got purpose you're there to support people through some of their toughest times uh, and some of their most amazing times too um, obviously dental health services is slightly different to my background which has been in acute healthcare but again it's about supporting those who are most vulnerable that's our role here in Victoria we run the public oral health service for the state and making sure that those most in need are actually being seen and cared for and that we can improve their oral health. So it's that ability to influence across the organisation but also here in Victoria the ability to to influence across the state and how can we actually make um, people's lives better um, by actually delivering the services that we can deliver in the most compassionate and equitable way. So I just love, love working with people but also just really like working in organisations where I can see that we are adding value and making a difference. Mm. And have you, have you always sort of wanted to be within the sort of healthcare sector ever since 35 years ago? So you got into it, but before that, was that always your thing? Well, interestingly, um, I wanted to be a fighter pilot <laughs> because I like speed, but um, they wouldn't they wouldn't let women uh, be fighter pilots back in the day. Um, my mother tells me that I always wanted to be a nurse. I actually don't remember that um, as a child, but she tells me that that's what I always wanted to do. And once I got into healthcare, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the ability to, you know, support people and help people. But then the longer I was in the industry and, and the more senior roles that I that I took on, the more I loved the ability to support people Mm. the difference so you know as a single nurse on the floor you can make a difference to the person in front of you and the people that you care for but you know as a CEO of an organization that runs services across a state you can influence millions of people's lives by mm. actually making sure the organization is functioning the way that it should 
Yeah, and I, and I like that, that you're seeing it as a, as a bigger, meaningful purpose. You're not just a, a leader in an organization, but actually you're making a difference and impacting millions of people uh, and facilitating that and leading that. Um, now, we've been in a tough 18 months. Um, I know that you uh, in, in Melbourne are in your sixth lockdown, um, which is pretty harsh. Um, and I think we've had three or four. I sort of lose count myself in the UK. And and people are saying that, you know, we're almost heading towards or almost having now a sort of a mental health crisis, really. People are struggling with it, and, and understandably. Um, and I know recently you, you posted something about the, the Are You OK Day, uh, about having those sort of meaningful conversations. I just want to get your insight and your wisdom, really, of how you're facilitating those meaningful conversations within your organisation as a CEO. Um, yeah, Are You OK is a pretty big thing here in Australia. It started um, on the back of significant uh, suicides in, in the country and it's about having those meaningful conversations about are you truly OK? So not just, oh, yeah, hi, how are you going? You're OK? And everyone goes, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Um, it is actually probing deeper than that and having the conversation about, you know, are you OK? Well, you know, did you sleep well last night? You know, have you gone out and done your exercise today, you know? Tell me about, you know, you need to have a fairly personal relationship with some people, you know, you sure you didn't drink too much wine last night because you look a bit tired. Um, those sorts of conversations about making that deeper connection with people. And, you know, one of the things that we've been doing all the way through uh, COVID because some of our teams are here on site working um, and some of our teams are at home working and some doing a bit of both. So it's about how do you maintain that connection when people aren't in front of you and how do you maintain that connection when you don't have those water cooler conversations mm -hmm. and making sure that people are staying, you know, connected. So, you know, from our executive team all the way through the organisation, we make a concerted effort. You know, in our executive team when COVID first started, we used to have, you know, Friday afternoon drinks and dad jokes. So, you know, just something a bit lighthearted and relaxing at the end of a week to actually, you know, keep us connected and feeling more, um, I guess, being able to feel more vulnerable in each other's spaces. Was, was that facilitated in person or online? How did you do that with everybody? It was online. So we used to just, at, you know, we used to head home to our, our houses and then just get back online on a Teams uh, meeting and, yeah, everybody would have a drink and then everybody had to bring their best dad joke to the to the party. And it would only last, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes, but it was just a nice way to connect at the end mm -hmm. of a busy week and not talk about work and not talk about all of the things that we've been dealing with all week. And, you know, a lot of our teams have done similar things around, you know, bring your best pyjamas to work today so that, you know, on their Zoom meetings they'll be in their pyjamas or, you know, having, um, you know, show us your favourite pet, those sorts of things. Um, just something different and lighthearted. And we, we, we spend a lot of time looking at the research from all over the world around who's doing best practice and what does that look like. And a lot of it was about, you know, Normally, if you were going to a meeting, you'd be sitting in a room and having a chat to people before the mm. meeting started and then often you'd have a chat on your way out of the meeting and you don't do that on Zoom. You get on, you do the business and you get back off again. So it was building some of those things into our, like, regular meetings. Mm. Obviously, um, we've got clinical teams, so we're here on site and also doing, so we do a lot of daily huddles with those teams to make sure that we're checking in with them, not just about what does the day look like and what's the day going to bring, but how are people feeling right now? So a lot of that very individualised checking and making sure that people are okay 
um, and that they, you know, have the ability to say it's I'm, I'm not. Um, you know, I do a, a weekly CEO video every Friday just to wrap the week up and, you know, give people a bit of information about what's going on. And I've often said by Friday, I'm not okay. I'm done. I can't, you know, I can't think anymore. My brain's not going to work. Um, luckily, I've got an amazing team around me and they've picked up some of the, the slack on that. But, you know, I actually am going to spend tomorrow under the doona because I'm done. So I think it's being that vulnerable mm-hmm. so people feel like they can say, I'm not okay. I need I need some time out in this space. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to ask how, how you, it's all about asking people those questions. Are you okay? Or you look a bit tired or, or whatever it may be to try and get more probing a little bit more rather than just the, the stock answer of I'm okay, I'm fine. Um, how are you creating that environment then? I mean, you talk about your vulnerability of where people feel safe to say, actually, do you know what? I'm not very good today. I'm feeling a bit rough or I'm struggling with this lockdown or whatever it may be um, or something deeper in terms of a, a mental health issue. Mm. What, what, what other things are you doing to create that sort of environment of, sort of I guess, safety? Yeah, so we, we actually have trained um, a whole, I'm going to say a whole stack, you know, a dozen, um, uh, what we call mental health first aid um, people. So people within the organisation who are, you know, colleagues, so they're not a manager or a leader particularly. Um, and we've actually trained them, put them through a two-day mental health first aid course, and that course is for them to identify somebody that might have a mental health issue or be struggling in um, in some way, and then their ability, they don't, they're not there to solve the problem, they're not psychologists, they're not trained in that space, they're just there to recognise, listen, and then redirect. Like, you know, is there is there um, someone we need to talk to? You know, we've got our own um, employee assistance program that is 24-7, it's free to all of our staff and all of their their family so if somebody needs you know actual professional help we've got that capability within the organization but it's just having people that are out on the floor on a daily basis or on a zoom meeting that Mm. somebody might want to connect with rather than their manager or rather than somebody a professional it's just a Mm. hey I, i know what to do if you want to talk to me kind of conversation um which is sort of another piece of the puzzle that we've put together here that's great, actually, because it's sometimes you don't want to share with your your, your line manager. Do you? you want to sort of no, talk no. with somebody more objective, more outside of your sector or your 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 department? Yeah. Uh, and having mental health nurses or or people trained in that mental health first aid is really helpful, actually. Yeah, it's been it's been received really well by the um, teams, uh, and it just gives them you know that option to talk to somebody that a bit different. That's you know maybe they feel is less judgmental. Mm. so you, you talked about your your weekly um video where you you sort of share how the week's gone <laughs> and it sounds like it's quite personable um in terms of you share if you've had a good week bad week and, and what you're going to do tomorrow in terms of just chill out or whatever uh which again another creating vulnerability and showing that actually it's okay to be not okay um it's good um just as your leadership style or approach changed in the last 18 months or has it just stayed the same and if it's changed what have you done differently and and, and obviously is, is that weekly call part of that difference you're doing yeah abs the actual um frequency and volume of communication that i've been doing in the last 18 months is 
you know, 10 times more than I would ever do or have ever done in the past. So, you know, my leadership style has always been very authentic and very communicative, but it's often more on a one-on-one, you know, walking around the organisation, chatting to people, um, you know, with regular town halls and those sorts of things that you would normally do in an organisation. But during COVID, um, in the second lockdown that we had or the second wave that we had, you know, we went from monthly town halls to fortnightly town halls to weekly town halls, you know, back to, um, you know, fortnightly. We're back again to weekly now because we've got some issues going on, uh, you know, the numbers of patients or the numbers of COVID cases in Victoria heading north again. So we're back to weekly conversations and we've had a couple of positive cases in our buildings. So um, having those really clear communications. And I think, you know, normally I would uh, write, like I would send an email to people about this is what's been happening. But I think during COVID, people have wanted to see your face. Mm. So the weekly videos, even though every now and then, you know, sorry, guys, no video today, haven't done my hair, just not happening. Um, You know, that kind of conversation. Um, So, you know, I think just it's the intensity of it, but Mm. also making sure that um, the people leading the organisation are okay and really have had a really strong, um, I guess, concentration on that senior leadership and middle management group because Mm. they're the meat and the sandwich, as you know, in any organisation, they are the engine and Mm. just making sure that how do we support them in the best possible way. Um, We've got a senior leadership workshop tomorrow talking about flexibility and controlling the things you can control and Mm. letting go of stuff you can't so um yeah it's that sort of stuff i think you know my my leadership style is very conversational anyway but Mm. just much more intense um than i would have ever done as in you know if the world didn't go to chaos and i guess you've had to think because you can't walk around as much and you can't be as in person you've got to be a bit more intentional digitally and by doing videos i think that's a great thing because that means People like to see people as much as emails are great and that communication, actually seeing people, hearing people is probably yeah. more more impactful, really, uh, in terms of that. And obviously, communication has been a key thing with um, this mm. last 18 months, you know, as much as possible from every level, whether that's from a government perspective, organisation, and even with your own family, actually, just keeping that communication going, isn't it? And that's a, a lot of it also is that, you know, as a, as a government organisation, you know, you're not, you, you know, you're briefing up on a regular basis to the government. We have a board as well. You're briefing up to the board. Um, but the intensity of that communication has gone through the roof as well. And just, you know, the consistency of messaging and making sure that you're not saying something different today that you said yesterday. Mm. Um, and that's quite um, quite complicated sometimes because the messages, the messaging can be quite nuanced. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's something that I think we've all struggled with from time to time. Um, you know, at, t- at town halls that we have, so we had one, had one, what's today? Today's Tuesday. We had one last week um, and I answered 120 questions in 45 minutes. So wow. it's like that's, that's, in, that's insane. Um, and it's intense because people want to know. They want to hear it from you. Mm. Um, and, you know, if you write it in an email, that's fine, but they prefer to be able to actually ask you directly Um, and you know there were some answers that you know some questions that I didn't know the answer to and I'm quite happy to say I don't know the answer but I'll go find out for you and bring it back Mm. Um, but just to be able for people to actually be able to see you know you thinking about their question Mm. not you know chucking frivolous answers out at them um, does make people feel like you know you are taking this all pretty seriously 
Yeah, because communication, it's a dialogue, isn't it? It's a two-way thing. As much as you, you're communicating, which is great, actually allowing people to voice their concerns, their, their questions, they feel heard and they feel valued. And it creates that engagement. Actually, this person's listening to me or answering question, or they don't know it, they're going to find out. So actually, it's a good way of canvassing what's going on as well for you as, as a leader get a real sense of the, the sort of temperature within the organization by the sort of questions and the style of questions uh, which yeah. can then influence what you do um interesting a personal sort of question what, what have you learned about yourself in this time that you think actually i'm going to take that forward those learnings for the future um i think you know I, i'm you know, i'm an introvert by nature um, but what I have learned is that, you know, I can extrovert with the best of them um, and I can be on for long, long periods of time and be okay with that. Um, so I think that's one of the learnings, I guess, is that, um, you know, you can talk all day <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> um, but you, you need to listen as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that's one of the things that I have learned about myself, but also that, you um, you know, it's really, it's really nice to be leading. I mean, it's not nice to be leading in, in this crazy COVID time, but it's nice to be leading in this era where, um, you know, authenticity and vulnerability uh, are appreciated, not mm. thought of as a, as a weakness, which, you know, in the past they have been. So I think um, what I've learned is that being vulnerable and being authentic is, is A-OK at this point in time and people are expecting that of their leaders now. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, they weren't, wouldn't have been tolerated. And, and do you think you've sort of, I guess, dialed that up more in this time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think, um, you know, what looking a, around the world at the, at the world leaders who've been doing a great job in this space, it's those that have been authentic and been vulnerable and been willing to go, yeah, no, that was a dumb idea. We should probably go mm. and do this. Um, compared to those who just, you know, st stuck with the stock standard, I'm right, you're wrong, go away, conversations. Because yeah. um, it's actually, I remember I still talk to leaders now to say to them, actually it's okay to say you don't know. Because yeah. um, I think we always feel we need to know all the answers. You know, we're all navigating very new times for all of us. We're all in the same, not in the same boat, but we're in the same sort of sector and environment. Um, but we are... It's okay to say to other people, do you know what? I don't right know how we're going to do this right now. This is where we're aiming to go. We need to be at work as a team to really sort of galvanize and see how we can sort of navigate this and not feel that you have to have all the answers because um, we don't have all the answers because, um, no. you know. And I think also the next step on that is to actually be able to admit, oh, I got that wrong, like I'm really mm. sorry. But that yeah. was not the right, you know, I thought it was the right thing at the time and with the information I had, it was, you know, felt pretty right, but it wasn't actually. And, you know, this is what we've learned from that and this is how we'll take that forward. So, you know, I think that's also a really important lesson as a leader to be able to go, not only do I not know all the answers, but I'm going to get it wrong, particularly mm. in this um, COVID period where the rules are changing so rapidly and the requirements of what you need are changing so rapidly and there is no roadmap. There is no rules around this. So you're kind of making up some of the rules along the way. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're never going to get that right all the time. That's just not how the world works. So, you know, being able to go, yeah, 
Sorry about that, folks. Um, we'll try. We'll try harder next time. This is what we learned from from that. Mm. And and how are you? I mean, obviously, there is uncertainty still. There is difficulties. There is mental health issues going on. How are you? I mean, you've touched on it already in some ways, but how are you motivating? What, what's your way of trying to motivate and engage uh, your your teams? Because motivation is is there's obviously there's there's an internal motivation which is driven by ourselves, and there's the external one, and all you can do is influence the external piece. I was wondering how you're doing that with your teams or your organization on um, mass. So well, there's a couple of things. So one, we have purpose. Like we have, we we run an acute health service, and people we are treating the most vulnerable in the community, and we need to do that. So you know, for people to come to work every day, they've got a real, really clear idea of why they're here. Mm. Um, I think the other part of that is also you know never waste a good crisis. So we've actually changed a lot of things and improved the way that we deliver care and changed some of our models. Um, we've stood up some tele dentistry models which are new and innovative um we've stood up some new ways of getting people through the system we've looked at new ways of risk assessing people so we've actually done some really innovative things over the last 18 to 20 months that we've celebrated to say look even even in this time of complete madness Mm. we've actually been able to achieve all these other things which are really important and will set us up for you know the way out of here i mean we had when we first started this Back in March last year as the executive, we had three goals. One was to keep everybody safe, so anyone that walked into the building, keep them safe. One was actually to make sure that we saw as many patients as we possibly could with all the weird restrictions that we had. Mm -hmm. And the third one was to actually fix stuff and come out of this in a better place than we were when we started. So we stuck to those goals and kept reminding people that's why we're here and celebrating the fact that we've managed to do those things um, to keep people like sometimes, you know, some days it's just like I really don't know why I'm here because this is all too hard. But then when you think back and, you know, remind people of, yeah, but we've also done this and we've also done that and we've also done the next thing um, and that's because people are committed, mm. you know, working as a team, participating in all of the different things. And, you know, we've had lots of people work in roles that they would not normally work in because their current role they can't do because we've got mm-hmm. restrictions. So, you know, they've helped out in other ways. So it's celebrating that, um, you know, part of town halls and part of my weekly updates is, you know, shout-outs to certain parts of the organisation. People will send me an email mm-hmm. and say, can you shout-out to such and such because they did a great job doing X, Y and Z. So it's that mm-hmm. sort of thing just to keep people focused. Um, some days that's easier than others, yeah. guess, you know. At, li- at lockdown 6.0, day 200 and something for us in Victoria, it's, um, <laughs> sometimes it's a bit hard to find the, the silver lining in that cloud, I can tell you. Um, but it's the little things, you know, and it's like I say, the, the team control what you can control yeah. and let's celebrate the stuff that we actually can do. So, yeah. Wow. I really like that you, you went straight on it with those goals right at the start and, and they weren't all... I don't know businessy type goals they're quite sort of holistic and and encompassing everything you were trying to do and obviously linked to your purpose and i think that was great that you did that uh, because then you've got this you can celebrate success we, we saw more patients we kept people safe you know and and we've done all these achievements you know despite the crisis and 
and you you said the phrase you know don't waste a cri- don't waste a crisis don't waste don't waste a good crisis yeah don't waste i mean uh, expand upon that i've never heard that <laughs> expression before so i don't know if it's an australian thing or your thing i don't know it's, no, it's, it's, a, an, it's an australian thing never <laughs> never never waste a good crisis because if you know out of crisis become you know comes innovation um you know people get uh, motivated to do things in a different way if they have yeah. to change what they do so you know, never waste a good crisis. Let's see what you can do. Um, you know, and we're in the public health sector, so we've, you know, we've been supported to make sure that we keep people's jobs. So we've got people, you know, that are continuing to work and continuing to be paid. So getting them to do different things and think of how we can make the, the place better when it all, you know, when we get to some back to some form of um, living with COVID reality, um, how do we make sure the organisation's in better shape than it was when we started? So, yeah. That's a wonderful mindset to have is to actually come out of this stronger, better and do all the things that you want to do and more uh, and use the crisis as an impetus, almost a motivator. Uh, I think that's brilliant. And it's probably the reason why you are a enabling your organizations to, to thrive and continue to keep people motivated. I appreciate there's times when it's difficult uh, and you struggle yourself, but having that focus on, you know, what's the good in this? Uh, what can we learn from this? Uh, is what organisations should be doing right now and looking for ways of yeah coming out of this or whatever just future will be stronger because of this and that's and that's not and it's going beyond just being resilient and adapting it's actually going into more transformative type leadership isn't it and going for bigger stuff as opposed to oh we've we've managed to adapt and we're doing okay but actually we're doing some fundamental differences and you say innovative things actually going to change the way we do things for the future yeah, we, I mean, we were already, the organisation prior to my starting as the CEO was on a transformational journey in relation to implementing value-based healthcare. So how do we actually do more preventative work? How do we actually make sure that we're getting to those most at risk? How do we actually wrap service around people rather than, you know, everybody having to try to navigate the system themselves? So there's some really clear principles and how do we make sure that we're actually measuring outcomes that are important to patients, not necessarily outcomes that are important to the system or the clinicians. So we'd already started that journey. So this was sort of just almost like the next iteration and it gave us um, the opportunity to really um, accelerate some of that work because it, you know, lined up nicely because a lot of it is about how do we train and teach people to self-manage their own oral health care well, mm. when you can't see people, that's the only thing you can do. Um, so being able to do that, you know, via telehealth or telephone or you're sending information out to people, those sorts of things, it sort of really um, gave us the ability to accelerate some of that activity that we were heading down that pathway anyway. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well, you're certainly not wasting the crisis and you know, continue <laughs> to uh, press forward and I appreciate the challenges you're facing right now. Uh, but you seem in good, good order and uh, still smiling, um, which is always good. Um, I do appreciate your time today and sharing your your insights and your experiences. And you've been quite so open today as well, brilliantly. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to connect with you? Um, they can connect with me on LinkedIn um, and then ask me whatever questions that you want to ask me and I'm happy to answer them. Brilliant. Well, thank you for your time today, Susan. Absolute pleasure. Great to see you again, Julian. If you like this episode, then please do rate, review and share with your friends and colleagues. As a consultancy, we help SMEs build resilient, 
high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver and thrive. If you'd like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com.